Hey guys, it's Meg. What's up? What's poppin'? Welcome to the podcast! Most mornings, many of us drink some coffee before we start our day. We either make it at home or stop at our favorite place. But what is coffee? We're gonna talk all about it this episode because I have a coffee addiction. It's a problem, just like caffeine. Caffeine addictions are like a real thing and a problem, I swear. Editing Meg already needs to come in within the first 30 seconds of the podcast because we're going to put that fact in right here. Hey, what's up? It's Editing Meg. And according to the National Library of Medicine's website, they state that caffeine is the most commonly used drug in the world. And the World Health Organization and some healthcare professionals recognize caffeine dependence as a clinical disorder. That is actually crazy. Yeah, it's a real thing. People actually have caffeine and caffeine addictions. And honestly, the whole reason why I thought of this podcast episode was from a previous podcast. We mentioned it, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember why we did, but we mentioned it. And I was like, well, I love coffee. I drink it every morning. I can't go a day without at least one cup. When I was in high school, it was so bad. I used to drink so much coffee. I would have a cup in the morning. And then when I came home from high school, I would literally make myself like a huge glass of an iced coffee. It was a problem. But we're skirt skirting a little too much already. So let's get into the actual purpose of this podcast episode. And just like our bubblegum episode, did you know that there is a National Coffee Association? And that is where I found all these facts from. It's the NCAUSA.org, which is the National Coffee Association of the USA. And the definition of coffee, because there's a definition for almost everything in the entire world, the definition is the berries harvested from species of coffea plants. It's C-O-F-F-E-A. I'm pretty sure that's coffea. But you know, what is coffee? Let's like deep dive into it. Let's get a little science happening. We never get science. Scientifical? Scientifical. We never become scientifical here. We never use science on this podcast. Usually I'm like, you know what? I don't want to know, but we're going to deep dive into coffee. So here are some fun facts for the next time someone asks you, what is a fun fact, you know? Coffee trees can grow up to 30 feet. Coffee cherries grow along branches as well as flowers, green fruit, and ripe fruit. Most can live up to 100 years, but they're most productive between 7 to 20 years. The average coffee tree produces 10 pounds of coffee cherries per year, are two pounds of green beans. I feel like we need to like elaborate more. A coffee cherry, you may be wondering what the heck is that because I was wondering that. A coffee cherry are beans you brew all processed and roasted seeds from a fruit known as coffee cherry. That's that's what that is. So we, right, we're clear right off the bat. Did you know that there is a region of the world called the coffee belt? That just sounds fun. But anyways, the coffee belt is where trees grow best in rich soil. There's mild temperatures. There's frequent rain and shaded sun all the time. Coffee traces its origins to a genius of plants, coffea. This genius was first discovered in 18th century by Swedish botanist Carolus Linnaeus. And another fun fact, because we're full of fun facts this episode, 5% of the world's coffee, there's only one bean inside the cherry known as a pea berry. Some believe that pea berries are sweeter and more flavorful than standard beans, and they usually will up the price on that. Isn't that crazy? Like, there are some cherries that only give you one bean, and the other cherries give you multiple. And then here is where we get a little controversial. It's said on this website, no one knows exactly how or when coffee was discovered, but there are many legends. So let's cue some spooky music here, and let's get right into the legends of how coffee came to be. So the first legend we're going to talk about is an Ethiopian legend. It is said that a goat herder, Kaldi, first discovered coffee after he noticed that 
after eating the berries from a certain tree, his goats became so energetic they didn't sleep at night. He then reported his findings to the abbot of the local monastery. This abbot made a drink with the berries that kept him alert through evening prayer. Apparently that was a big deal because you know, evening prayer was wicked long. This abbot then shared his discovery with the other monks and soon knowledge of the quote-unquote energizing berries spread eventually reaching the Arabian Peninsula, which leads us to number two of the coffee legend, the Arabian Peninsula. It is said that coffee cultivation and trade started here. By the 15th century, coffee was being grown in the Yemen district of Arabia. I think it's Yemeni. I might have mispronounced that. I'm so sorry. You know, this is why I can't do scientific podcasts. By the 16th century, it is known in Persia, Egypt, Syria, and Turkey. At this point, it was enjoyed in homes and public coffee houses. You may be wondering, what is a coffee house? Let me tell you, it is basically what we have today. At coffee houses, people drank coffee, talked, listened to music, watched performers, played chess, and kept current on the news. Coffee houses eventually were called schools of the wise. From now on, I will be calling Dunkin' Donuts the school of the wise. I'ma pull up to get my iced coffee. I'ma pull up to get my medium caramel iced coffee, milk, and sugar from the school of the wise. Which leads us, actually, not Dunkin' Donuts, but the school of the wise, leads us to number three, coffee comes to Europe. And of course, we're going to be in Europe and there's so much controversy in this. Let me tell you, there's a lot. When is there not controversy? It seems when we come to like that type of place. So by the 17th century, coffee came to Europe. But of course, it was not welcomed. People acted with suspicion and fear, calling it the, I quote, and I'm not even joking, bitter invention of Satan, end quote. I think I need to start a coffee business, guys. I think I need to start a coffee business. Maybe we'll call it School of the Wise. And the catch line will be bitter invention of Satan. Like, that just seems so fun. Bitter invention of Satan. They were just bitter, okay? It came to the point that local clergy condemned coffee when it came to Venice in 1615. Do you want to know how bad it got people's fear of this liquid? It got so bad that Pope Clement VIII had to intervene. The Pope had to intervene. The Pope literally had to taste the coffee himself and give it approval, which he ended up doing. But like, can you imagine something that's so scary and controversial that you got to call the Pope in? You have to be like, bring, bring, bring. Hello, Pope. You need to try this because it's causing an uproar. Coffee causing an uproar. That is wild to me. Anyways, despite controversy, coffee houses quickly became centers of social activity in England, Austria, France, Germany, and Holland. Now, this next part makes me very upset because why did we get rid of it? In England, they had, and I quote, penny universities, end quote. That was their coffee houses were called. They were called penny universities. You may probably guess why. Because it cost one penny. One cent could buy you a cup of coffee and engage in stimulating conversation. A penny? Do you know how many cup of coffees I could get? Do you know how many pennies I have left in my wallet? You trying to tell me I can get a whole cup of coffee for a penny? Forget the conversation. I don't, I don't want to talk. Just give me the coffee. That's wild. This next fact, I sorry, I'm very, very passionate about coffee and tea. If you want a podcast on tea, you should tell them you know because I drink coffee and tea so much. I usually start my day with a cup of coffee and then I have a cup of green tea later on. That was I was cross-cutting a lot. I'm sorry, guys. But anyways, back to the point of the podcast. Coffee replaced the common breakfast drink, and you may be wondering at this point in the 17th century England, what was the common breakfast drink? Beer and wine. I'm going to repeat that again for you. The common breakfast drink, 
breakfast. You know, when you're having your eggs, your bacon, your sausages, your waffles, your pancake, your toast, your bagels. I don't know if that's what they were actually eating back then. Definitely not. That was very American of me. I'm sorry. But you know, when you were drinking your um your English breakfast, you were not having tea. I mean, you, you might have been. But you weren't having coffee. You were having beer and wine. That blows my mind. Like, imagine drinking that that early in the morning. Oh my God, no wonder why people back then were crazy. The next legend we're going to talk about, which I guess these are like just more continuous legends. But you know, some people will be like, oh, it started here. Oh, it started here. But you know, it all apparently started with that goat herder. So leading into that is the New World at number four, which was the mid-1600s coffee was brought to New Amsterdam, which was New York. Tea continued to be the favorite drink in the New World until 1773, when the Boston Tea Party would change that forever. And it ended up changing the American drinking preference to coffee. So, you know, we're not all that bad here in Massachusetts. Because of Massachusetts, y'all drink coffee all the time now. Because we said, ah, throw the tea in the harbor. My Boston accent came out real strong on that one. I heard it that time. But you know what I mean? We threw the tea overboard. People were like, well, great. We can't drink tea. There's a tax on tea. Let's just start drinking coffee. And that's when Dunkin' Donuts was born. I'm just kidding. When was Dunkin' Donuts born? You know, Ed and Meg, come in right now. When was Dunkin' Donuts created? Because I want to know this fact. So I completely forgot that Dunkin' Donuts dropped the donuts and they're just now Dunkin'. So Dunkin' was founded in 1950 in Quincy, Massachusetts, but technically it was actually 1948 under its original name, Open Kettle. But also, can we talk about this real quick? Why was it when I was in school and I was taught about the Boston Tea Party, they did not want to bring up coffee? All we got was Paul Revere saying, the British are coming, the British are coming, but they didn't tell us about coffee? I feel like we all would have been more entertained and our attention would have been there way more if they said, hey, you know, this is why we started drinking coffee. Like what? But eventually, going back to the point of the podcast, eventually plantations around the world started coming up everywhere because there was a demand for coffee caused a need to cultivate coffee outside Arabia. Because going back to the first point of the podcast, coffee started in Arabia when that man, Caldi, saw his goats eating berries. So moral of the story is we have coffee because goats decided to eat it. That is crazy. And it's true because if you Google it, it literally brings up the goat herder. Some sources give his name. Some sources don't give his name. But it all literally goes back to goats. So we can thank the goats for being the ultimate goat and giving us coffee. That was disgusting. I know. I'm sorry. So the next morning that you wake up and you're like, wow, I really just need a cup of coffee. No, we have been having coffee for literally centuries and centuries now at this point. And it is all thanks to some lovely furry friend goats. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Hey Guys, It's Meg. You can follow Hey Guys, It's Meg underscore podcast on Instagram for updates and good times. Come back next week where we talk about spring trends of 2023 because there's probably some really good ones and some not so good ones. I'll see you all on the flip side. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts.